Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, guys. It is draft week. God bless it. We made it. We're here. The the end is in sight, and no first-round pick for the Broncos like we talked about just a second ago, but, man, I am still – I'm jonesing. We're getting there. We're getting close. Scott, how you doing? Happy Monday. About as good of a Monday as you could possibly have, uh, considering the draft is almost here, baby. It's almost no second-round pick, too. We were just talking about that. I'm like, what's mm. too early? What's too early? I'm like, the, yeah. the Broncos don't have a too early pick. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I don't want to take that position at this t- too early. I'm like, it's 64. What yeah. is too early at 64? Yeah, maybe a puncher. Maybe, uh, yeah. You know what I mean, though. Yeah, yeah. 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 Maybe a special teams guy, punter kicker. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, okay. <laughs> I forgot. Yes, yes. They don't tell the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, with the. Could they take Robert Guerrero, uh, the Florida State kicker? They took him in the second round and then he busted. Can't even remember. I don't know. Silly. I don't remember either. Was that that wasn't one of the Garza guys? Was it? No. I can look it up. You say hello to the people. I'll look it up. It's not, yeah, it's not that important. It's it's not that important. But Luke coming in nice and early. Saying, good morning. It is draft week, Luke. Ethan from across the pond, DWI guys. Good afternoon, gents from Broncos country. Nice uh round table draft last night. Yeah, it went pretty quick. I was yeah. uh, I was a little apprehensive when I logged in. I didn't know that's what they were doing, and I was the last one there, and I was like, Oh my god, it's everybody. So I uh I actually thought it went pretty well. I was I was pleased. James, good morning, EJ. Uh, good morning as well. Jeremy, welcome back from vacation. Looking forward to draft week. Franklin, JD, everybody, sunny days. Sean Burns, Dave in the house. So welcome, everybody. Welcome. Uh, appreciate you being here on draft week Monday. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Welcome in, guys. Good to see you. Uh, with Lethal Bronco in here. Good morning. Kathy, always good to see you as well. And it was Robert Aguayo uh, from Florida State. Very highly drafted kicker. Did not work out for any of them. Don't take specialists that early. Although the Bengals took... A kicker, whoever their kicker was there, and like the f- fourth or fifth round pick last year, and he was really good for them in the playoffs. So the Raiders didn't the Raiders take Janikowski in the first? Yes, they did. But I mean, that was twenty years ago, at least probably yeah. thirty years ago. Now it was probably when I was in college. Yeah, <clears throat> just asking you, I guess. Uh, what is just theory draft fun? Um, what is the earliest you take a punter? Because Matt Ariza in this draft is a, looks like a really good option, but I've seen some mocks with him going round four and like you know, la di da. Have fun. I, with that I probably lot. wouldn't. At all, and I, I like probably that. wouldn't draft a punter at all. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's guys, there's veteran guys that are coming off that you can get for one year deals that can do a job. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it is a specialist position. It is a well paid specialist position, and you know, c- relatively speaking to what those guys might be doing with other in their careers otherwise, because if they're not punting or kicking, they're not playing in the NFL. So yeah. you know, they're selling insurance or you know something. So. It is a well, well-paid specialist position, yeah. And I have to tell you, punters and kickers' dads were the worst. They were the worst as far as uh, as far as needling me when I was director of scouting. I was like, I don't care. I don't. I don't care. Well, and Chris Saylor does a great job. He's made a nice living training punters and kickers uh, out west, 
and does a good thing. I'm like, talk to Chris. He's talking to coaches. I'm not giving up scholarships and neither are they. I don't care. Uh, well, you can do this. I'm like, yeah, everybody can do that until you, like we've talked about before, you know, there's 10,000 people in the United States that can kick a 50 yard field goal. How many yeah. of them can you do it with there's, you know, when the pressure's on, that's what matters. Yeah. I mean, making a putt, it doesn't take the, you know, anybody can make a putt who can do it consistently, you know, yeah. and, and with the pressure on and all that type of stuff. Yeah, that's what matters. That's it's it's almost like yeah, that's I've never really thought of it that way, but it actually makes sense. Kicking is like putting. Mm-hmm. Most people can hit it far enough for it to go in the cup, but who can actually make it consistently when it matters? Yeah, yeah. I'm with Jeremy here. I think the earliest I would take one is seventh. Um, mm-hmm. And Ethan's saying we have we have a bunch already. Yeah, Sam Martin's fine, but he's a little expensive and just kind of mediocre. And a lot of people saying the seventh and Jeremy making the points uh, for me. This is nice. Keep doing that, Jeremy. Save two point five million and upgrade the position for a seventh. Also get four years of control uh, cheap for a punter as well. So I mean, and I was there, saying that I last year, you know, people were were, were busting on uh, Purcell. Like yeah. Purcell's making less than your specialists. Your 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 nose guard last year, I think he was either right. He was within a couple of nickels of your kicker and your punter. Yeah. Like, what do you expect <laughs> yeah. if you're going to pay your nose guard like your kicker and your punter? Well, you're going to get what you pay for. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Mandango coming in saying, good morning from Ecuador, Broncos country. Good to see you. Um, and talking about Ariza, does Ariza last the seventh? Who knows? There's some talk that he could go in the fourth. Enjoy your career wherever you go if you're drafted in the fourth. Uh, not for me. Uh, but let's get into it here. Um, good morning, everybody. Good to see. Now that we got the punter talk out of the way, um, the mandatory <laughs> punter talk. Um, now long snappers. All right, so Scott, no, I'm just kidding. Um, we're getting into the George Payton's recent press conference that he had because Scott and I haven't had much of a chance to discuss it. And get it out of the way first. Yes, I know that it's draft season and George Payton is a very smart uh, general manager and a very smart person in general. So he does a good job of moving his gums, but not a lot is actually coming out. It's called this. Scott likes to call it coach speak. Other people like to call it BS. He's saying stuff. He's having conversations, but he's not saying anything to the point where you're going to glean anything that he doesn't want you to know or anything anybody doesn't want you to know. So yes, I know there's going to be always the people in the comments when we talk about stuff like this is, well, that was, um, he's lying to you or he's misdirecting, blah, blah, blah. We're going to take him at his word for some of this and just try to pick a, pick apart at some of the stuff that he said. Yeah. I, 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 uh, call it coach speak because they don't like calling them liars. Yeah. Um, (laughs) it's not lying. It's bluffing. Well, what is a bluff? It's a lie. You know, that's, it's, it's trying to make somebody think something else. It's, it's bluffing. It's, it's gambling. It's high stakes gambling at this point, you know, coach speak is more along the lines of, yeah, I know we're playing sisters of St. Mary on Sunday, Saturday, and they're really good. We're going to be in for, you know, baloney, you're going to wipe them out. You're going to rest your guys in the third quarter. Yeah. And and all that stuff. But it goes over to the general manager stuff too. Uh, You know, you can't, you can't necessarily take them at their face when people get upset about what a general manager says. I'm like, a general manager is only saying something to set up his next move. Hmm. You know, it's almost think the opposite. A lot of times um, there it's, it's just wheeling and dealing. Yeah. Uh, Diego coming in talking about his uh, MHA shirt. He says, I'm big into powerlifting. I just deadlifted 645 yesterday for a PR. That's huge, man. Hmm. 700 pounds by the time I turn 19. Keep at it, dude. And uh, awesome. he said he's going to do wearing a, an MHA shirt when he does it. Send us the video. Make sure you yeah. send us the video. You can find me pretty easy. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, 
Not no powerlifting over here. Just the coffee mug, the the morning arm curl uh, here from coffee from. I don't have the mouth. joints to lift heavy. I just I never did. I got these skinny little wrists, and I I, I would have made me a good boxer. I was six one, hundred and fifty pounds, and was strong. But man, I couldn't. I I never had the, never had the frame to do that. I'd break myself in half. Yeah, that's uh, not everyone's meant for everything, so that's okay. And DeAndre Weatherspoon, the support here. Thank you, DeAndre. So let's get into it first. So we're going over the questions that uh, George Payton was hit at, as well as uh, Je- Assistant General Manager Darren Moogie. Um, the first thing that was asked about is George Payton uh, being pressed on 2023 draft picks as a priority, and, and if that is something that they're looking to do. And Payton essentially said that uh, we're looking to do it if it makes sense. Obviously, we do love picks. Unlike the Rams, a general manager, Les Snead, uh, which love Peyton getting a little dig in there, just having some fun with it because him and Les Snead are good friends. And That's thank what he you, said. Les Snead. You know, it's like you read that stuff and it's like, you know, context. That's why I like the live yeah. stuff, Nick. It's like context. Yeah. He goes, no, he's a good friend. He's like, I like the Rams. We love our picks. We yeah. love picks. Yeah. And uh, thank you to the Rams as well for the second and third round pick that made uh, it possible to acquire Russell Wilson without not really giving up your entire draft Broncos still have a lot of capital uh, Broncos have about middle of the pack uh, capital in terms of draft value this year, despite not having any picks in the top uh, 50, any picks in the top 60 in this draft. So shout out to the Rams and let's need congrats on your Super Bowl. Thank you for your picks. Um, but Peyton says that uh, if it comes up we're, we don't want to force it, but we definitely like to add more picks next year. So I guess fact or fiction here um, Broncos strategy in the 2022 draft revolves around or a big portion of it revolves around adding picks in 2023. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, I think, again, he's saying he's not painting himself in any corner. So he's saying, sure, if the opportunity presents itself, if the right deal, and that's what everything always means. Yeah. If the right deal is there, we'll take it. And you can apply that statement to everything. Yep. Well, is Von Miller going to be traded? If the right deal is there, we'll take it. Uh, Do you, are you looking to trade up in the draft? If the right deal is there, we take it. You know, we could just put him on autoplay and repeat, repeat, repeat. Because he's not saying anything that's going to, and I hate to like you know ruin the rest of the you know the, the next question, yeah. but it's exactly what he's saying. Sure, we we'd love to have more picks. In order to do that, you're probably going to have to give up some picks. So this year, Nick, we but but why does that make sense, Nick? One, there's not that many picks for next year. Two, there's not a ton of holes on this team, Nick. Yeah, you know we we've talked about this when we're getting into the the Nini, Why would you take Edge at seventh round? Man, I'm just trying to get somebody that can I think can make the practice squad of this yeah. team by seventh round. I'm looking for somebody I think has a chance to make the roster. I'm not looking for starters in the sixth. So, again, why might you want some more picks? If I can move up, if I can take a six-rounder and turn it into a fifth for next year and move up next year where I might have some more holes in my roster, where I might need to replace some players and some pending free agents, uh, yeah, so, uh, so be it. Yeah, I just... Uh... We were talking earlier. I'm I'm pelting Chad with articles right now, and he has three from me that I'm waiting to be published. But uh, one of them that he's waiting on right now is about how the Broncos need to use the 2022 draft to pick away at the 2023 draft capital. Uh, Broncos right now, like I said, they have middle of the pack draft capital for this value uh, in this draft, but they are bottom three next year. Next year, the Broncos picks in the draft. They have four right now, their own third round pick, their own fourth round pick, their own fifth round pick, and the Minnesota Vikings seventh round pick. That's it. So not only do they not have a high volume of picks, they don't have very valuable picks either. Uh, they don't have top of the draft or anything like that. So where they, where they sit right now, I really do think that walking away with more 2023 capital, even if it's just, you know, adding an additional like four and five, you're not going to get a one or two next year, probably. Uh, but even just doing that can really help the Broncos. And the other issue about that, and a reason it makes a lot of sense is the Broncos next year are 22nd 
in salary cap space before paying Russell Wilson, before making a decision on Bradley Chubb, before making a decision decision on Draymond Jones, before making a decision on Dalton Reisner. Those are some key starters for you on both sides of the ball. So uh, really makes a lot of sense for the Broncos to get more a higher volume of draft capital using the excess capital in 2022. And like you mentioned, a filled out roster to then start to make yourself more options, more avenues to build the team with cheap cost control players around those expensive contracts next season. And we got the silent one coming in. I know we, we've, we made you wait there. I know Scott was joining. We got to talk. We got to shout out Jacob because he's, he's the man. Uh, thank you so much, Jacob. If you ever have a question, if you ever need anything, I know we always say that, but uh, coming and supporting us really quiet. I, are you a bot? What's going on here? Are you okay? Like, <laughs> thank you for I, uh, your support, Jacob. I have a picture that looks so much like your your thumbnail picture here that it, it throws me for a loop, Jacob, almost every time I see it because I've got one with one of my kids on my shoulder. I'm always wearing blue. And yeah. uh, it was in California. I got like a palm tree in the background. I'm in the house on the side. I'm like, it, it throws me for a loop almost every time. I'm like, oh, that's Jacob. That's Jacob. I'll, I'll find that picture and, and show you all because we're like, hey, I've seen that before. So, yeah. Jake, appreciate you coming in and the support, as always. And a newer name for us coming in with some stars as well. Uh, Elton, I can get that part, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Bolart? Bolart? Uh, I'm going to go with Bolart, Nick. And uh, coming in with some stars, a newer name. Buying us some coffee. Big stars this morning. So, wow. thank you, Elton. Uh, thank appreciate you. the support and glad you are here. Yeah, cool picture you got there. Uh, crown for a king. Pretty awesome. Uh, Kathy coming in also saying, if Chubb has a good year, we trade him for some 2023 draft capital. You'd hope. You don't see that many tag and trades. I guess we did just see Devontae Adams do that. But the issue with the tag and trade is that that player is going to be top five against the salary cap that year for that position, given the tag. And they are going to probably need a contract after that. And with Chubb, especially of the injury history. So you, I think that if Chubb does have a good year, a tag and trade is very uh possible but we're going to get a little bit more into chubb here pretty soon tommy also saying i think chubb is franchised if chubb is franchised then you're talking about a massive salary cap hit it's then only one a dozen year. sacks yeah if i mean and it's possible mm-hmm. uh, for sure so we'll see what happens jeremy also saying he's excited to see how peyton and the scouts view this class and how they operate the board i'm curious to hear what little tidbits of information come out after the draft when things that they wanted to happen didn't happen uh, and i'm hinting at last year the broncos this is again I always got to say this because George Payton, I don't have George Payton's phone number. I can't say it. Did this actually happen? But multiple people not verified the Broncos had the Broncos ready to take an offensive tackle in last year's class. I'm, ahead, I'm sorry, Nick, real quick, because you went through it super fast. Yes. And there could be, you know, new people listening. I want to just make sure we clarify and make sure we're real clear about what you mm-hmm. were saying about Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb is in the last year of his contract. Yeah. You still have the ability to put a franchise tag on him mm-hmm. for 2023 which would make him the average of the top five's highest paid edge players, which next year will be in the mid 25 millions. Yeah. Which means he's going to have to have, in order to put a tag on him, he's going to have to have a dozen or more sacks and play in 15 games with a dozen sacks so that you were willing to pay him top five money. Once he's tagged, he's on a one-year deal, one-year tag at 25 million or thereabouts. Uh, Ethan can probably look it up for me real quick. Um, It's going to be big. And then you could trade him. You wouldn't get as much as if he was on a, a multi-year deal. But again, if he goes and has twelve sacks and he's 26, 27 years old, um, he would be he'd fetch a he'd fetch a decent price back for him. But again, uh, that makes the most sense is to try and tag him and make him do it two years in a row if you keep him. But that's what Nick was saying when he was talking about the tag and trade because he is a free agent after this year. 
Yeah, and you can create some money pretty easily and quickly. I'm guessing Russell Wilson's contract, you can do some things to lower the cap hit to make him more expensive years down the line. Um, you can also do things like moving on from Graham Glasgow, I think, can save you $10 million. Moving on from Ronald Darby can save you $10 million. But I think right now the Broncos only have $12 million in cap space next year, which is concerning. Um, so uh, we got Christopher coming in here saying, at 64 overall, which player are you picking? So we'll get to that, and then we're going to get to the super coming in. Uh, Abraham Lucas, offensive tackle from Washington State. Jalen Petrie, defensive back, slot slot safety uh, from Baylor. Chad Muma, linebacker from Wyoming. Drake Jackson, edge rusher from USC. Or Roger McCreary, cornerback from Auburn. So who are you taking here out of this list? I know who I'm going to – I have uh, – I'll even put him in order for you. Uh, for I was going to say, Nick will put him in order. I would probably go Lucas, and I'm going to guess that uh, Nick would go Petrie. You are 100% correct. I – adore <laughs> Jalen Petrie. He is such a good player. Got the ball skills, the tackles, the, the force fumbles, the versatility. If you want to live in nickel or dime, I think Jalen Petrie is a better tackler and box player than like half of the linebackers in this class. And he's a safety. Uh, so I love him. Uh, after that, I would go Drake Jackson, um, 20 years old. I think he just turned 21 this month. Uh, crazy good length, really good uh, vertical and broad jump. A little bit soft right now, I guess, is the terrible thing of finesse. But USC had him playing at 240 when he probably should be playing up at like 270. And his pro day, combine to pro day, doesn't make any sense to me. Waiting at the combine, 250. Waiting at USC's pro day at 274. So I don't know what's going on there. That's with not Drake supposed Jackson. to happen until you're like over 30 years old. I can put on 10 pounds in a week. Yeah, like 25 <laughs> Not just 10 pounds. I can put on, what's that, about 5%. I can put on 7% of my weight in a week. Yeah. But uh, I really do like Drake Jackson a lot. Will he be there? I think that's a question uh, for sure. Then after that, I would go uh, Luke. Oh, man. Lucas or Muma is really close for me. I'd probably go Lucas because of positional value, then Muma, and then McCreary. Um, but those are all very good options for the Broncos there. And let's get to uh, the super chat coming in here from Kyle Wielden saying draft week. Let's ride. God bless you, Kyle. Thank you so much for the support. And absolutely, let's ride. We also got to... Kayleon, he I saw you yesterday, Kayleon, saying, Nick, I'll see you guys tomorrow night. Hello, Kayleon. Good morning to you. Good to see you again. Um, let's keep going here with the uh, the discussion. Oh, Mark Schrader. Oops, just sorry. Wanted to I wanted to say hey, good, good morning to Mark Schrader, one of our big benefactors of the show. So good morning. Hope things are well. Hope you had a good weekend. Absolutely. Good to see you, uh, Mark. Happy Monday to you. Happy Monday to everybody. Let's keep going here in this George Payton press conference. I thought this was pretty interesting. Um, he was asked if uh, Russell Wilson's had any input on the team's draft strategy. And uh, Payton said that I talked to Russ daily and I kind of tell him our plan, what we're looking for and our draft needs. Russ is a football junkie. He'll want to know what players we're looking at. And I'll tell him uh, he'll watch and then give his opinion. He's great resource. I, uh, I've, it's good having him around. So uh, thoughts on Russell Wilson being in the, decision-making for the draft strategy for the Broncos. How much weight do you put in that? Uh, I wouldn't say decision-making because he's not going to yeah. get a vote, but you absolutely use every resource you possibly could have. And you want to keep your, your new franchise quarterback involved. Mm -hmm. I want, I want again, the part of the decision-making process is taking in as much information as you possibly can. If Ruff, Russ is a football junkie, Hey, have you seen this guy? You know, do you know somebody who's seen this guy? Do you know who played for this guy? And, and that will help bias your decision. So theoretically, yeah. you know, technically it's part of the decision-making process, but he's not going to have a vote in, in the room. Like, hey, yeah. take take this guy. Uh, but I like it. I think it's, yeah. it's very smart. You can never have too much information. At the end, go with your gut. Trust me. You, the more information you have, the more you start to doubt yourself. Mm -hmm. You realize sometimes when I had less information, I actually made better decisions because I – didn't overthink it. Um, 
but I think it's uh, I think it's smart to keep him involved, keep him excited about uh, about the entire project. And and yeah. frankly, he's going to need to sign an extension. Mm-hmm. So part of that of, of keeping him happy is making sure that he wants to be in Denver for the next decade. Yeah. And you know, going out and drafting Carson Strong at sixty four might not do that. So you know, he wants to uh, he wants to get as much he wants Russell and he should. To feel as involved as possible. Yeah. And this is just a true about life. But you know what always makes me happy is when Cassie comes in. Cassie got coming in. Good morning. So excited for the draft coming up. Good to see you, Cassie. Shout out to all our Mile High Huddle ladies. Um, we also got Lawrence coming. I'm glad you're safe, Lawrence, uh, with the support here saying, I'm back, fellas. That snowstorm over Wolf Creek Pass was brutal coming back. Thank God for the Jeep, Trailhawk. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good that uh, you're coming in and you're safe and everything, Lawrence. So good to see you. And good tires. Make sure you got good tires. I, I feel like the tires are more important than the vehicle these days. Tires, uh, windshield wipers, too, especially out here in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, gosh. <laughs> so appreciate the stars, Lawrence. and glad you're okay. And uh, nice shout out for the Trailhawk. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> Tommy's saying, I wanted to start a Monday pod based on the overthinking, the, the thing called Don't Ask Me About the Broncos. So uh, we'll get into that. We'll have some fun ones when the offseason comes. But um, I really like just as a general rule of life that I found, you know, group projects or working with people when individuals feel valued and they're part of the decision making process, they care more. They have buy in um, from that. So even if, you know, let's say they're just bending Russell or they're allowing Russell Wilson to bend George Payton's ear for the fact of, you know, just placating him which I don't think they are because obviously you mm-hmm. want to use all the resources and everything, but right. even as simple as that, you know, the buy-in that you get, cause you want them to feel, and I think that's a big issue that Russell Wilson had with the Seahawks. He wasn't getting that input. He didn't feel heard with what he wanted, what his vision was. Now he does. Um, so I think that's really good. And uh, how much does it matter? We'll see, but um, uh, keep going here. George Payton's next comment here is asked about uh, moving back up in the first round. And he says, it's going to be tough to move up in the first round. I wouldn't rule it out. I would say it's much more likely that we move up in the second or move back. It's going to take a lot of capital. We've gone through all the models to get up there in the first round. You never rule it out, but I think it's more likely we move up in the second. So everybody talking about uh, George Payton and accumulating more draft picks and yada, yada, for sure. And I agree with that. We talked about already. 2023 looks bleak, and you're going to need draft picks to fill out the roster because of the way the cap is and with the impending monster mega deal of Russell Wilson. That said, they are looking at trading up if the right deal is there. So uh, do you think, let's say... Scott, what is the odds of the Broncos trading up from 64? And what players or positions do you think the Broncos would be targeting for that kind of move up the board? The, the most honest thing he probably said the whole night was talking about the first round, talking about, you know, doubtful. That was one of the few things that was yeah. like, yeah, you know, if the price is right. I mean, sure, if the price is right, but I don't think the price is going to be right, is what he said. It's going to be too costly yeah. to try and get back into the first um, I think it was Schefter had a tweet this morning saying everybody in the top 10 is looking to move down and nobody's looking to move up. Um, and that's something that we've talked about all, uh, you know, this, this entire process is the strength of this draft isn't necessarily in the top 10. And I've been pounding this table like this for since I went to the senior bowl, really uh, in, in January. I'm like, this is not a weak draft. It's a no. deep draft. This is a great draft, especially in the trenches, but 30 to hundred, it's not a necessarily awesome first round. So, so be it. This is where you want to be. That doesn't mean you can't get really good players. Nick, I feel like when we, when we're doing these mocks and we're like at 40 or at 64, we're like, Ugh. 
I don't know. I don't really want this guy. But then we get into the 75 to like 90 picks. There's like 10 guys we want to take in that area. So I think he said, and I agree with him, getting up in the first round is going to be too costly for the wrong guys, more importantly, for the Mm -hmm. wrong guys. You know, what tackles? Like, okay, I really want an offensive tackle. Okay, really? You want to give up a next year first, or you already gave up your next year's first round picks. You want to give up four picks to get up and get Trevor Penning? Or would you rather have Abraham Lucas at 64? I know the answer for that one. Bernard Raymond? You want to give up four picks to move up into the first to try and snag him? Not especially. Uh, and what else do you need that would make sense? Okay, maybe uh, Jermaine Johnson has dropped to 28 and you want to get an edge. All right. Now I'm thinking maybe, but could I sit back and maybe get one of the speed guys, you know, Josh Pascal, maybe if I move up to 50 instead of up to 28. So I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I agree with you completely trading up into the first round when you don't have, when you're picking at 64, not only is the second round pick, it's the last second round pick. It's uh, almost third. (laughs) Yeah. You don't, you don't have the ability to do that. You're talking about, you'd have to almost give up player capital to get up there. That just doesn't make sense for the Broncos with where they're at, but moving up in the second round, this to me screams that the Broncos and some comments later that uh, we'll probably get to with George Payton screams that uh, there are certain positions that they view. There could be a cutoff and that if they can go up there and get one of those guys before the bottom drops out of that position, uh, then they can do that. And first let's get to Gary leads Palmer saying, Hey, Nick and Scott, I finally caught a live one. Love you guys. Love you, Gary. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I know that you had that, like I mentioned earlier, uh, Recent show, you had that in and out of the hospital, but we always appreciate hearing from you, Gary. So hope you're doing well. Also want to say hi to JJ Johnson coming in here saying good morning, Broncos country. Excited for draft week. Amen. Very excited for Broncos draft week. And of course, Michael Ronquillo uh, coming in saying good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Go Michael down there in Tucson, Arizona. It's good to see you. see Michael sneak in. So uh, good morning, Michael. Thanks for being here. Oh, man. And uh, Jeremy saying, Nick, would you trade 64 and 75 for Daxton Hill? Yes, I would. Absolutely, I would. Uh, that's not that much for me. Um, you already have nine picks this year. And uh, I think Daxton Hill is a difference maker. I think he's honestly, let me pull up the board here real quick. This is going to take me a second. But I think Daxton Hill, you could talk about him being with his profile, one of the better cornerbacks in this draft class. I would put him as the fifth cornerback uh, in this class behind Gardner, McDuffie, Stingley and Booth. After that, hell yeah, give me Sting or give me uh, Daxon Hill. I I adore him. One of my favorite players in this class. Sixty four and seventy five isn't too much uh, to get him because I think he is a unique skill set. Even though he's a safety, he's a safety. You can play boundary corner, you can play slot, you can play too high, you can play single high. Come down, good length, uh, man. Da- absolutely great player. My nightmare. I, I'm. I really think that uh, Daxon Hill is going to end up on the Chiefs. I'm just. Ugh. They took Chris Jones for me. I think he, they're going to take Daxon Hill and going to make me really sad. Um. But anyway, coming back to the comments about George Payton trading up in the second, I think there are two positions that make sense, and they stand out to me. Offensive tackle, you mentioned it already. If Bernard Raymond or Tyler Smith fall to 45 to 55 range, boop, that's when the Broncos are on the phone trying to get up. Because later on, Payton mentions about the offensive tackle class being, and there's a lot of guys in the first round and early second that we would value. Hello, ding, ding, ding. There's your connect one to the other. He's talking about maybe trading up for an offensive tackle here. The other position I think that makes sense is edge rusher. Now it is a deep edge class, but we saw it on the mock draft simulator last night. We got to pick 64. Uh-oh. Uh, who, who do we have left to choose from? We had Doug Malone and uh, uh, Robertson, I think of the name, from uh, Miami, Ohio. Other than that, though, all those guys that you like uh, round two are gone uh, at pick 64. And if that's happening, I could see Peyton getting a little antsy thinking like, okay, we got to go up and get an edge rusher because it's not only about 
getting that wave of pass rushers, which you talked about in the press conference, but it's also getting yourself an option for next year when Bradley Chubb uh, potentially gets paid. So Nick Benito was gone. Drake Jackson was gone. David Ajabo was gone. Logan Hall was gone. Uh, you had Josh Pascal gone. You had Dave, uh, Dave Arnold Epichetti gone. Everybody was gone. Our options were Kingsley and Igbare, and that's about it. <laughs> so not really good for the Broncos there at 64. I could see them moving up for an edge if the board starts to go like that just so they can get a guy in house edge or tackle. I think the other position that makes sense in the draft, but not for the Broncos is wide receiver, yeah. Uh wide receiver. It, start, it, it seems like right around the 50 spot, at least if that's how the board falls, uh, according to some of these simulators at the 50 spot, it starts going, Hmm, all yeah. the receivers I liked are all gone. There's about 12 of them. That means about a quarter of the first picks could end up being wide receivers. Yep. Um, real quick, say good morning to uh, to Dennis hey. Chandler. Thank you for the stars to say that Byron rules. Byron rules the Bundesliga. That's for dang sure. So uh, Bayern Munich, for those of you yeah. non-football heads, uh, the number one team in Germany in a uh, Champions League powerhouse for sure. <sighs> I like them because I'm a German international fan. Uh, always love the Das Minecraft, uh, but... I'm more of a BVB fan uh, when it comes to the boots. Yeah, I kind of I kind of root for Dortmund too just because yeah. it's almost like watching a college team. They're really good and they're going to be feeding other teams. Yep. <laughs> it's like where where are the where's the next group of stars that that Dortmund's about to send out to uh to the rest of the world? Erling Holland, Manchester City. Yep. Uh, there you go. Anyway, enough soccer talk for the day. Eddie coming in. Sorry, I didn't get to this one. Eddie had some more points to talk to. Hey, Nick and Scott, why would we move up in the draft? I feel like we would want to have to give up a player to move up. Makes no sense. Wouldn't have to give up a player, and it's not going to be a monumental move up. I mean, last year, the Broncos, we saw it last year. They didn't move up a lot, but the higher you are, the more the small moves cost. And the Broncos moved from 40 to 35 last year with the Atlanta Falcons. Thank you, Scott. And uh, only gave up a fourth-round pick and pick 40 to move up to 35. So uh, it's definitely, it depends on how far you're moving, et cetera, et cetera. But uh yeah, and we got uh, Lawrence coming in with the long one here. Thank you, Lawrence. Go ahead, Scott. I need to take a coffee swig. Yeah, I've, uh, about, I'm about empty on mine, so that means Nick must have been talking too much. <laughs> Lawrence says, coming with some stars. So this is where we can use some of those expensive contracts coming up and get some new young blood that won't cost a lot but still play the game. Um, play the same. It's not always so easy to do. It all sounds good in theory, but established veterans are more expensive because they're established veterans. Even if they're backup guys, yeah. you don't know what you've got in rookies. It's like, Oh, I'll just put a six round guy there. Well, that six round guy might not be able to play a lick once yeah. he gets to the NFL. So it's no sure thing. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Peyton could pick up a few players where we don't lose talent and get younger all while still going for a run at the Super Bowl this year. That's the hope, you know, with nine picks. Um, but it's no sure thing when you, when you're mm -hmm. talking about what are you, you're about 16 practice squad players. Does that sound mm -hmm. about right? Yep. 55 man, you're talking about 70 players. You really want to, you know, 15, 16, 17% of your team to be rookies? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Um, if you're going to be making a run, but you can stash some of those guys on the practice squad while getting cheap control veterans who might want to come in on a, on a, uh, I want to make a run at a Super Bowl charge, which is the, mm -hmm. the Buffalo Bill, not the Buffalo Bills. The New Tampa England Bay. Patriots have been doing for the last 15 years yeah. uh, with, with guys that say, you know, I want to go play with Tom Brady and try and win a ring, and then maybe I'll get paid in my next contract. Then uh, then that's something you can do as well. Yep, absolutely. Benjamin Flores saying, morning, gents. Good to see you, Benjamin. Always great to see you. And uh, keep we'll keep digging into George Payton's comments here. Um, so he's asked about the strength of this class uh, in the 2022 draft in general. I thought some of this was a little interesting. Uh, he says that I think ed the edge class is really strong. 
everyone needs pass rushers. And I think there are a number of pass rushers in this draft. I would say that would be a strength. The other positions that are strong, but if other positions are strong, where I think edge is number one, I think if you're picking in the first round or high second, you can get a good tackle. Ding, ding, ding. There's your maybe trade up talk right there. And uh, I think there are some good offensive linemen in general. Receivers have been strong. I think this is a strong receiver class. That's about it. So uh, obviously talking a little bit about offensive line, talking about tackles, edge rushers, we haven't really talked about wide receiver that much. First, Mark coming in here mm-hmm. saying, not our biggest need, but if Christian Watson fell to 64, would you take him? Bet you'd love, uh, have a lot of trade down options. So I think Scott would take him. I would think, I'd want to see what the rest of the board looks like. There is a certain point. It's kind of like me talking about running back. I'm talking about Kenneth Walker and uh, Brees Hall there at 64. And if they are there, they're probably far and away BPA on my board even though you don't probably need to spend a second round pick on the running back, you don't circumvent value because you don't want the position that late in the draft. So uh, Christian Watson at 64, probably BPA probably do end up taking him, but want, want to see the board. Scott, you probably mean somebody's expendable. Yeah. At that point it means yep. you've got at least one too many wide receivers in the room and somebody then becomes expendable. Yep. Uh, thank you for the stars, Mark. I probably would. And then figure things out. Yep. Um, you know, who want, who really wanted him at 40 but didn't have a pick and needed somebody else and took him, you know, I might be able to flip him, but it means somebody else is probably expendable. And then Dennis comes in with a question that kind of ties into this with some stars too. Uh, would you make the following trade? Uh, Bears in 39 and 48 for the Broncos, 64 and Judy. If somehow I get my way into Christian Watson and then I, I move 64 and Judy, I don't think that's enough though. We should mm-hmm. be able to get a really good edge and right tackle for those spots. That's that's you're basically the answer for that, Dennis. The short answer is no. I wouldn't make that trade because I think you're selling Judy short at that point. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I also think selling Judy at all right now is selling Judy short. Um, mm-hmm. You probably want to stash him this year, and if he's still having some, I won't I won't call it issues, but some actions on social media that is upsetting the front office and some of the people. And uh, maybe you're not loving the long-term fit of him and you're looking to recoup some 2023 draft capital, maybe a year from now we're having that conversation, but I think you're selling extremely low on Judy right now. And yeah, uh, you're almost saying what I trade Jerry Judy for bears 39. I mean, that's not that far off of saying, you know, a a high second round pick for Jerry Judy, probably not right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would be interested in seeing him one more year with Russell Wilson and an offensive minded head coach who yep. wants to put the ball in the air with a new quarterback and a new philosophy on offense, a new philosophy in Denver. And then let me see my wide receivers. And then rather than if you up his value, one, it costs you more to resign him, but you'd also up his trade value also. So I, I would not make that move. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I agree with you. It's just selling low right now. And I know that we've been hinting that maybe Judy's expendable, uh, so to speak, but you don't do it, I think, before uh, this season. Just doesn't make sense. I'm not. I'm not in the market to sell low. There's no reason to move on from him and create another hole right now. And you, you talk about expendable, but is he? You know, you're you're one injury away. Yeah. Where okay, I traded Jerry Judy, and then what? Now I've got I've got Tim Patrick and, and Sutton. I, I can't I can't pencil Hamler in there. I can't do it. I'm probably taking a wide receiver with one of those picks yeah. and re- resetting the cost control. Right. Um, and maybe for a different kind of fit. And that does, I mean, there is Wouldn't value to rather that. have Judy at that point. Uh, yeah, pr- probably. Um, I am curious to see how Judy looks in this offense, given he's a middle of the field merchant and Russell Wilson doesn't really like the short middle of the field. Uh, but uh, again, it's selling low. I think he's going to be better this year. Regardless, he would have been better this year 
if Drew Locke was the quarterback because he's not going to be dealing with that high ankle sprain. Um, so I'm, I'm not, I don't think it's a good idea just from a value perspective point, point blank. Yeah. Uh, but mm, if they did that trade, probably looking, I'm going to be pounding the table for a George Pickens or a Sky Moore or somebody like that, or a Jahan Dotson, uh, that would make some sense there. And then you have, instead of two years of control left, you have four and for cheaper, but you're, you're trading, you're trading, you're again, you're selling low. That's the whole yeah. point you're making, yep. Nick, you're selling low. And yep. I think you, you've got to give you, unless you get a, a, again, no, everybody's for sale. Everybody's got a price, right? Million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. But what you would get for Judy right now, you want, you would rather have Judy and see him under, under Hackett, under Wilson and see yep. what he can do. Yeah, and uh, continuing on here before we get to our final mock draft Monday, uh, talking about he George Payton was asked in his press conference if there's any juice or excitement that comes along with uh, negotiating trades throughout the draft. Um, and Payton said, I think it's really important to have flexibility in the draft. I've said this before, <clears throat> the ability to move up. There's such a rush in getting a player. Last year when they took Javante Williams, that room went crazy. There's also juice in moving back, knowing that there are enough players that if you move back, you can still get a good one and get more picks to build your football team. Always fun getting on the phone with their GMs and having fun with it and making trades. It's fun to work the draft and try to build your team the best you can. We're not making trades just to make trades. We're making trades to build this thing the best that we can do it. So um, George Payton talking about moving around the board. Scott, are you, oh God, you're going to roll your eyes at this. I think it was Thomas Dimitrov that was part of a book uh, or a study that was written about, um, oh man, it's fear of failure, something like that, where it's talking about teams looking to, Trade it's it's fear of loss, I think is what it is. And teams looking to trade up and having over certainty in their own analysis. And rather than the more analytical thought process of more picks, more swings of the bat, I gotta go get player X because I can't imagine a world where I don't get player X. So I'm gonna give up pick 64 and 75 to move up to 50 to get, you know, a linebacker. When honest to God, a much better strategy would be to take see if one falls to 64, take one there, and then take another one at 75. That's a much better strategy than putting all your eggs in one basket for one guy or i'm gonna have a 13 and 3 team and i'm gonna give up 50 points without forcing a team to punt in the first round of the playoffs and i'm going to counter that move by spending five high picks on a wide receiver that thomas dimitrov yeah about that, overpaying that to get a guy that one maybe, maybe learned a little bit there <laughs> no we didn't <laughs> no he didn't he didn't learn anything he was always trading up he was yeah. never trading down and he was always overpaying that's why yeah. the Falcons are in such awful cap hell right now. Yeah. He is, a, he, he's the, I, you know, my formative years were, you know, when did, when did Jimmy Johnson get to Dallas in 89, 88? Cause, cause Aikman was drafted in 89 uh, and they went one in 15. So I was 16 years old and Jimmy Johnson always believed in accumulating more draft picks. That's how he built that Dallas Cowboys dynasty, trading back, taking more shots. I'd rather have two seconds. I'd rather have, 40 and 45 than 25 because there's just not that much of a drop off at that point. Now he didn't trade away the number one pick when he had a shot, you know, when he got Troy Aikman, so you don't always want to do that. If you get your, get your guy and get your quarterback and then build around him. Um, but uh, no, I, I, after watching this and, you know, I, I had that, that discussion all the time when we were doing rankings, what's for, for recruiting, what's the difference? What's the, between quality and quantity? Like, man, there's just not a hill of beans a difference between player number 150 and 170 in the high school recruiting rankings, for yeah. God's sakes. It's this yeah. far apart. So um, I, I believe in accumulating more players and, yeah. and, and letting the cream rise to the top. Again, 
I'm not moving up very often. Yeah. You know, if I see a quarterback might be the big exception for me. And that's, yeah. that's really it. If I, if I see the quarterback and I know, you know, you don't know for sure, but you know, and you need a quarterback, take a shot. That might be the one exception for me as quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Miguel coming in too, saying, uh, sup fellas, how have you been? Good, Miguel. It's good to see you. Just back from Denver and went to the stadium and got my little monster, her first nice. number three jersey. Uh, which one? Is it the off the clearance rack? Uh, the Drew Locke one? Or is it? No, I'm just kidding. Um, Russell Wilson. That's awesome. Congrats, Miguel. Good to see you. Um, let's keep going here and I'll let Scott peruse the comment section. But a few more comments I wanted to get to from George Payton's press conference. Um, he was asked about day two cornerbacks. And he said, yeah, uh, if he's they're looking at those guys, if anybody can contribute and be a difference maker immediately. And he said, yeah, I do. You never know who's going to be there. I do think there are corners the first two days that can certainly help us. And we will look into that. So a uh, cornerback definitely on the menu for the Broncos there day two. So look out for that. Uh, also, he was asked if not having a first round pick changes his thought process uh, at the linebacker or at the uh, draft strategy. He says the process hasn't changed one bit. We're just focused a little later. We're not focused on the ninth pick. You're always focused on that first pick. Got to hit that first pick. Otherwise you fail. Now we're just focused on the second round and the third. Those are the ones where you can kind of tell who's going to be there and 10 players that could potentially be there. We spend a lot of time in that area. We stack them. That's what we've been doing over these last three days, sitting in our room and going over scenarios. Uh, if there are 20 players, let's stack them. And why that's the fun part of it. College scouts have all been working all fall for this time of year. They all get a say in it. We get a say in it. And, and analytics also get a say, Hey, shout out to analytics. Uh, we've just, we've, we're just very collaborative in there. Interns get to say, I want to hear everyone's opinion. We'll listen and then we'll stack the board accordingly. So exciting to hear the Broncos doing that's something also that the Rams, maybe he took that from less need um, Rams, not having a first round pick the last few seasons or early picks. What have they done? They've spent way more time and resources evaluating the back end of the draft than any other team. And because of that, even if they're hitting draft picks at a 5% higher clip than other teams down there, that's an advantage. Uh, that's a difference in the draft. So Something the Broncos are doing, stacking the board there. Um, Jeremy coming into and saying, I see a bunch of trade back and stocking next year's picks. I think that's probably the the way the Broncos do go. Um, I mentioned this earlier, uh, talking about Schefter's tweet here. Let me zoom in one more time. Uh, so within the past week, as the draft has drawn closer, multiple teams in the top half of the draft have acquired with others to try and trade back in the first round. So far, the interest in moving back in Thursday's draft has greatly exceeded the interest in moving up. So, you know, Jeremy, the, the discussion here is uh, not leave studio, dum-dum, remove. Uh, I see a bunch of trading back and stocking for next year's picks. You got to find somebody willing to trade up. You know, it takes it takes two to tango. So how much will you be able to do that is, you, know, you don't want to trade back just for the sake of trading back. You still need to get value for your picks. Otherwise, it just becomes a cost control move. And the, the way the draft's set up, cost isn't really the big issue anymore. Uh, like it was, you know, I mentioned Troy Aikman back in the 80s and 90s. And I think even the early 2000s, the highest paid player in the in the NFL was the first, the number one overall pick, which was insane. Yeah. Um, so you've got to find people that are willing to trade up. After the first round, we may see, Nick, more action after the first round than we normally see. Mm. You know, and, and I think because the first round, the first round is just, it's not a great first round. No, you know, all the players that you, you want to get, but again, if the value, if, if one of the great things is the value you're getting in the second and third and fourth rounds, how much are you willing to give up to move into those areas? So it's, it's kind of a conundrum, you know, part yeah. of the, part of what makes those middle rounds so good is you can get value there, but if I'm having to trade up to get into that, then I give up my value. 
So we'll see. We'll see. Um, I think there, I I think there will be a lot of action in the middle rounds Uh, and the first rounds might reset the market to a certain extent. You know, last year's three first round picks to move up to number three. It shouldn't take half that to move up this year. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you 100%. And the last comment I want to get here to here before we uh, get into our own mock draft here is from George Payton conducting mocks of their own. Um, and he said, uh, if they are conducting mocks, how in depth they go. And he says, oh, yeah, we haven't really started the mock process yet. We'll probably get to it on Monday. Hello. Hello, Monday. We're here. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have an automated mock, which is awesome. Our, our analytic guys are pretty good and they developed it. And you can just keep running them. ESPN probably has them too, but you just keep running them. Then our scouts will kind of come up with a mock. So we'll mock for a day and just determine you just want to see all the scenarios and discussions taken care of before of the draft. We have a big screen and you push a button and it's boop, 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 boop. And number 64 comes up and we'll have a different player every time, a realistic player. I don't know how they come up with it, but we used it last year with the ninth pick. It's pretty easy. We'll see about number 64, but we do it. And the reason you do it is because you don't want any surprises on draft day. All the discussions are done. It's quiet. It's pretty quiet. Other than the trades, they just kind of fall off the board and you take the guy who's there for the most part. So obviously the mock drafts, we talk about it. Why are you doing so many mock drafts? It's about discussing the scenarios. Obviously it is a, we're mocking mock drafts in that scenario because those are the big boys doing it. There's the boop, boop, boop coming in from Kathy one. Um, but uh, definitely important and uh, really kind of fun to hear. I wish God, what I would give to not only be in the room when the Broncos are drafting or any team is drafting, but to take, take place in part of the mock draft discussions with them as well. Cause we have a lot of fun with it. I'd be curious to hear what they have to say. Yeah. We discuss the mock drafts. It's not about who they take, who we take in that spot. It's about who's available. What are the options? You know, at the very top of the show, I'm not sure uh, which of our great community members said of these five or six guys that could be available at 64, who would you take? And that, that's why we do it. It's to try to see who might be available because trying to guess who people are going to take, you don't know for sure because you don't know what everybody else is going to do. But we we know, we think <laughs> several of these players should be available and they could be good options for the Broncos in this spot. What they do, we'll wait and find out. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we have, what is it, 10, 15 minutes left on our clock. So let's pull up a a PFF simulator. Scott, before you pull it up all the way, can we mess with the the settings a little bit Yeah. on that uh, slide bar? Cool. That's great. Um, Because I want to kind of mess with it, uh, change it a little bit for uh, compared to what we did yesterday. We've got, um, I've got public versus PFF board. So average draft position, which is now skewed because people were drafting based on their previous rankings. Yeah. Hence why we got Stephen Weatherly in the sixth round yesterday in the draft. Or not Stephen. Draft for needs is more or less. I want to do less on that. Let's do less. Let's do positional value less as well. And let's crank that randomness up to maybe one off the top. Almost all the way. (laughs) I'm here. I mean, that's that's the draft, man. The draft is random. And I'm here for a little bit of value is less. Just slightly less. I want that to be a little bit more. Uh, That's. I want an edge rusher there at 64 for fun. (laughs) (laughs) They're never there if you turn that up. Uh, all right, let me. Uh, I want to hit a couple of the, the comments that have come in real quick. Yeah. Uh, Dennis Chandler, before we get started, uh, says, Do you think the Broncos trading for players on other teams? You, just, you don't know. I would say yes. Yeah. Um, the Broncos did it half a dozen times last year based on injuries. Yeah. So I don't, I don't see it happening before the draft, even possibly during the offseason. But yeah. come August, come September, I think we could start seeing that, that kind of thing again. And that's when it's nice to have that extra cap room. You know, you can go grab a million five guy like Kenny Young instead of 
all right, maybe I can find this guy that I think is retired. Yeah, all right. ab- absolutely. Let's uh, keep going here. We got Lawrence Rivera coming back into saying, uh, what about the quarterback like coach? Hey, look at oh, that. That's chaos. Scary, um, saying, I uh, forgot his name. Uh, quarterback coach, Bobby's. Forgot his name, but I know it starts with uh, S. He's a really good coach. Can we poach him and put him on our training staff next year? Are you talking about Brett Rippon being the quarterback coach, maybe? I'm not sure exactly what you're going for there, Lawrence. But, um, yeah, Lawrence also coming in and on from Facebook to YouTube saying Jacksonville going a quarterback again. thought it was funny when we saw the Bengals go quarterback there at uh, pick. What was it? And then, like, running back. They, they, like, <laughs> they went, like, quarterback, running back, wide receiver. Uh, Broncos 64, you see the sliders I'm using. We're, we're leaning more towards public. Care for positional value is less. Draft and, and the thing is, is that's also built in anyway because the board is set because of positional value. You know, so it's, it's, it's you, you set your rankings based on that anyway. Like I'm, when I was doing top 100s, I didn't have a guard number one. I already moved him down because he was a guard. So that happens automatically. Uh, I got seven rounds fast as always. I'm going to enter draft. You ready to go? Let's do it, baby. Let's get into the draft and uh, get on, getting on. Mm -hmm. And our final mock draft Monday, I do want to savor the moment a little bit. No trades, nothing like that, but, uh, Let's enjoy it. So let's go start draft. I want to see who they had going off the top after we did this. Oh man. I was hoping for Trevon Walker at 64. He already went off the board. I saw it wasn't that random. Was it? Nope. Wasn't random enough. Calvin Austin went higher. There's Petrie. There's the question right there. That's the guy. One uh, Stingley Stingley up all the way at the number two. They like Stingley a lot. Um, Evan Neal, Gardner, Charles Cross at five. Uh, Icky falls to eight. That's, that's, a, a, that's pick. a pick I would take for the uh, for the Falcons at eight. Devontae yeah. Wyatt at nine. Goodness gracious, that's high. That's classic Seahawks, though, right? Took a J- LJ Collier and uh, Jordan Brooks <laughs> in the first round. They don't Trey really. Johnson all the way at 10. Kyle Hamilton falls to 12, which you've been talking about. And guess who got Trevon Walker? The Ravens. The Ravens. Not- the Ravens yeah. always get my guys. I should just go work for them. That'd be um, a team to work for. <laughs> So we uh, we talked about at the top of the show, who would you take? Well, there he is. There, there he is. is. Sitting up at, uh, at, num- at, at 31 overall. Yep, absolutely. And I do think there's a discussion to be had about uh, Roger McCreary here. I mean, it's the same conversation we had earlier. There's a conversation about Roger McCreary. There's also Goodness a conversation. They move Christian Watson down to 75. That's if he's at 75. We're taking him. Yeah, no, I don't think he will be, but that's definitely a conversation we had. I think the guy to take here, there's Abraham Lucas off the board. Keep scrolling up. I'm curious to see Nick Benito gone. Sam wow, Williams Zach gone. Tom. Zach the Tom. I've never seen him go. And uh, you also have Chad Muma there at 51. Chiefs going. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker is unfortunate. There's Troy Anderson all the way at 48. So uh, maybe we made good good decision there. This is why I like yeah, the he went to, uh He went to linebacker you. Oh, yeah. So, yep. you know, if anybody knows anything about about linebackers, it's it's the Bears, the Bears. Absolutely. So uh, on the clock Trading here right at 46. Boy, we really screwed this thing up. There's my guy, uh, Cam Taylor, Britt and Daxton Hill up there as well. So some fun. Jaquan Brisker. Good safety. Sky Moore, Tyler Linderbaum. So, all right. Broncos on the clock here. Uh, let's see what the chat has to say, because I'm they all I'm, want Petrie and EJ. Okay. Yes. Um, Abraham Lucas is off the board. Scott Rolf says Brees Hall is there at 64. I didn't see him, but Brees Hall is at 57. Yeah. So he's available at 64. There's a but conversation going, we had about we're going Jalen Petrie. We talked yep. about that at the beginning. Let's That's what we consistent. were. Uh, 
We're, we talked about him in the beginning. Who would you take? There he is. Yep. And uh, the fact that he falls to 64 is probably partially because of his positional value, but this is uh, this is amazing. Oh my God, Drake Jackson. Don't even, sorry, Scott. I know that uh, <laughs> your guy might still be there in. Uh... Christian Watson, he came off. He's gone. Well, good. This is easy. I would say yeah, that. He went to the Seahawks. That's a good pick for them. 72. Brees Hall gone to. The Bears got Brees Hall. Another Iowa State running back for the Chicago Bears. But this is easy uh, for me. This is Drake Jackson all day long. He shouldn't be there. This is um, yay for randomness in the mock draft simulator because this is uh, this is ideal. But it's close uh, to the positional value for the most part. I mean, it's it's close. Petrie was up at 31 and fell to 64, which is high. Yeah. Um, but man, so far, so good. Let's see what the comments are saying. Um, Jalen Petrie, Jalen Petrie, Mark Schrader saying J- Jackson and Ethan saying it's not realistic mock. Y- you never know. Um, that's what, <laughs> that's the thing about the mocks, right? Like this is maybe Most Drake of Jackson them aren't realistic. I mean, there's always yeah. some outliers in there. That's why we cheat the system. But again, remember we're biased. You, you guys are probably a little biased based on what we've been talking about. Yeah. You know, some of these guys that we love, Abraham Lucas could follow the fifth. I love Abraham Lucas. That doesn't mean. NFL guys do. No. I mean, I t- I said Spencer Brown in the first. He fell to like pick 100. No. I was right. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, let's let's scroll on here. We're just going to have fun with it anyway. Realistic or not, uh, we turned up the randomness, and uh, here we are. Uh, so keep scrolling for me. Keep scrolling. Just curious about the v- value of all these picks. So we took a kind of a safety cornerback hybrid already. So the one who sticks out for me here at pick <laughs> 96 I think there's going to be a tight end available at the uh, that we can take there at pick uh, 115, 116. The one who sticks out for me here is Cole, uh, Cole Strange. He is a very good center prospect. I know that the Broncos uh, are looking hard at centers, and a bunch of them are coming off the board here round three. Um, you had Dylan Parham come off the board. You had uh, uh, Cam Jurgens come off the board. You had another one come off the board. I think that scheme scheme wise, Cole Strange makes a heck of a lot of sense. And to get him at pick 96, I think he'd be a plug and play starter uh, for this team and challenge them and be a, an interesting option in Denver. So I think Cole Strange is the guy to go with here. Of these available tackles, I actually like Braxton Jones the best. And he's fourth. And we pick again in 20 spots. Yeah. I want to take a, a, a gamble that he's going to be there, Braxton Jones. I, yeah, I, can you scroll I down like... a little bit? too just because i want to give a shout out to uh there i do like i do like well let's go and burford i don't mind any of those guys yep in this range the 115 to 145 range and this is also that's also the area where i'm going to be looking at tight end and uh running back as well there are several available there too yep so uh, i think that the pick here should be cole strange uh just because i don't know if the there are other guys who can plug and play center uh day one and i think cole strange makes a lot of scheme sense he's went to chattanooga which is a small school but uh, you were down there at the Senior Bowl, Scott. But everybody yeah, talks I about... about to, I was just about to share some video of him. The other part of this, the one that makes me a little nervous, is I just did... Now you guys can see my directories. What was that one, Scott? That was some inappropriate... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Too old for that nonsense. <laughs> uh, what is this? I want Top you to watch my guy here, because I just did this one today and put it on my channel. I was like, why did it take me so long to do this one? So that's Otito Obania, who goes 326, 6'3 three and a half with a, an eight, a seven foot wingspan. There's Zion Johnson, who's considered the top guard in the draft that he just blew right by. And I'm not as high on Zion Johnson as some others. That's Cole Strange right there, getting in his way. And they threw the flag. Hold. When yeah. Obania gets his momentum going forward, he dominates. 
these guys in front of him. I kind of like this play, just the the hustle, the hustle play. You know, that's he he comes in, he doesn't give up on it. You know, this is shorts and you know, this is yeah. this is just practice. He runs the ball 30 yards down. It's Cole Strange again against Ogbania. It's a mismatch, dude. Yep. I You're mean, not gonna have is. a lot of one-on-ones centered, Yeah, exactly. But and that's Zion Johnson again. Zion Johnson, they, they again. Ooh, look how long he is. Look here, <laughs> he's got he's got a seven foot one wingspan, thirty five inch arms. That's Andrew and, Stuber, and they took a, a tackle, and will move to guard. <laughs> but this is Ogbonny. This is Strange again. This is Cole Strange again. So this isn't necessarily to say don't take Cole Strange. It's me saying uh, Otito Ogbonya is underrated. How about last night? I was banging the table for him when that Pierre Strong pick, and uh, we ended up yeah, taking that's Zion a... Johnson again. I mean, he's he's ragdolling him. Yeah, he's good. You know, and, and Zion Johnson's supposed to go in the in the in the twenties. Yeah, come on, man. So uh, we're back on at fifteen. Did we lose one fifteen? There's Braxton Jones. I really like that pick. Braxton Jones would be a good one. We've done that a few times. Um, let's look at the, just uh, scroll down a bit, just because I'm curious to see if there's any uh, board deficiencies. Ooh, man. Uh, David Bell. You can Bell have here. the 116 pick. Okay. Well, so you're going to take for sure. Um, I like I like him. I mean, there, unless you see two guys. It's early for me. Um, I, I'm curious about the, uh, can you click on tight end? You can take, actually just take Braxton Jones, because that's I agree with you on that one. Braxton oh, Johnny Woods is still there too. 115. And then I think this is a, I think we're going to go Jelani Woods here. Oh um, yeah. There's Jelani Woods. Too good of an athlete. Six yeah. foot seven. Good frame. Pretty good blocker. I think good blocking upside as well. And how he tested, he can stress the, uh, stress the seam. Yeah. So, I would have uh, been okay with Daniel Bellinger there. Um, I think that it's pretty obvious uh, to me that Jelani Woods is a very good pick here. Um, If you would go back to the board real quick though, because I do want to talk about a few guys that are available here. Uh, Marcus Jones could fall here because of shoulder concerns. He's a very good player. I know we already took Jalen Petrie, but I don't care. You need more guys. And last year, the Rams used uh, Demarius Williams with a lot of boundary snaps, despite his small stature, because they don't play much press. It's a lot of off coverage, so the length doesn't matter as much. D'Angelo Malone makes a lot of sense here as well. Uh, you could double up on edge. I think doubling up in the draft makes a lot of sense. And uh, Damari Mathis is another name that I think... Uh, Really good scheme fit, good athlete, very physical, uh, sometimes a little bit handsy uh, for the position, but he is safety, off-coverage, cornerback type of player that uh, very much very much fits the Broncos scheme that I don't think we've talked about enough on here. He could easily be the Broncos pick at 96. I wouldn't blink uh, maybe, at that and, you know, Maybe this is a point where I take 145 and 206 and try and get back up into this spot. Yeah, definitely possible. Um, I um, liked Angela Malone, but I liked him a lot more when he was you know 120. Yeah. He's he's a pass rush specialist. Brian Cook also deserves a shout out here, but I think the one that we need to go with here is uh, Jelani Woods. He's being mocked to the Broncos a lot at 96. I think this fourth round spot is perfect uh, for looking to draft a. Oh, there's Damari Math is still there. I think this is an easy pick for me. I just might as might as well take it. But there's uh, your cornerback, Jeremy. Jeremy's like corner, corner, corner. We should take a corner. How about a corner? Have you thought about corner? There's your cornerback, Jeremy. And I saw a Tito uh, go off the board there. So a little mm. bit unfortunate, but um, it would have been nice. I think he was there for I, six I, Oh, goodness gracious. Double up on that position. I, I do think go, Matt, well, let's go here in a heartbeat. Um, Can we see if then, Spencer Burford's still available? And then I got, because, I mean, I don't need him to start right away, but six, seven, 315 pounds and moves like him in the, where are we, in the sixth round? Yep. Put him on the practice squad for a year, for God's sakes. 
Yeah, I think Burford's gone. So, yep, that's uh, I have. Oh, I do like Dare Rosenthal. We haven't talked like a lot Jatari about Car- uh, J- uh, Jatire Carter, actually, too. Hmm. Interesting. Dare Rosenthal. That's a name to keep an eye on. I think he's a uh, massively undervalued here. But Scott, I got no issue with you. We talked about it earlier. Um, doubling up on a position doubles your chances. And Matt Letsko has massive length, uh, massive athlete. Uh, probably this is a. I think he's going to go round five. And you punt. You touch touched on it here. His ADP is great. Um, so we already took you a might center. Be able to sneak so. Jason Poe at two thirty two. We might. We already took a center though, so I don't yeah. even know if you need uh, that kind of guy. So I, I agree. With you. I think the best value here is Matt Walesco. I, and... I mean, again, I, I I wouldn't blink if he was gone in the fourth. If, yeah. if he got taken in that um, Spencer Jones area, hundred percent. So that makes a lot of sense to me. So we're still on the clock here with the Broncos. We have two picks here, almost back to back. Chiefs in between us, which is kind of funny, and a lot of tackles and whatnot. Okay. So I have uh, a couple guys here that I want to shout out to. We've already taken a few of these guys, but I think if you scroll up a little bit, Scott, uh, the guy to take here, we've already, we're, we're leaning into the secondary of this one because these are special teams contributors. And this is somebody, if you scroll down just a little bit more, he is keep scrolling. I saw him, the Georgia tech uh, safety. There he is. Uh, Johnny Thomas. Uh, he did all roles at Georgia tech. He is a great athlete. Really Johnny. I would have gone like Wanya. John, Johnya. I, I, uh, so Chad Reuter did a three round mock recently and he mm-hmm. had the Broncos taking Johnny Thomas at pick 96. I clowned him a bit for that. Um, because that's really early, but I think Johnny at pit round five is a good value. Now we're getting him round seven. He's going to be a special teams contributor. He played the box. He played the slot. He played deep. Uh, he can do a lot of stuff for you, but you're really raising you're competing there at the end. So I like Johnny Thomas and, uh, Jasmine's back and back with more Jasmine's. She had a baby, Ooh. another Bronco fan. So congratulations. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll take that as an excuse. That is an excused absence. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're glad you're back and uh, look forward to seeing some some picks and that kind of stuff too. Yep. And I also see Dare Rosenthal went one pick before us here, a guy that we were just shouting out. Um, so Scott, I'm going to allow you to pick this one because I kind of pounded the table there for uh, the uh, Thomas, the safety from Georgia Tech, who I think is probably going to be end up end up going. All right. Mm-hmm. Any of these guys tickle your fancy at running back? Not really. Tyler Goodson, maybe, but I'm so... Oh, Isaiah P- uh, Pacheco. Um, I really like him. I know he's drafted really low, but he weighs 215, 220. He ran a 4-3-40, um, and he was behind a terrible offensive line at Rutgers. And the Broncos also brought him in for a thirty one of their 30-men visits as well. So uh, he's one that makes some sense to me. If you're looking to go running back, he's yeah, you're not going to get a good... I'm not going to complain. Oh, he's only ranked 334. Yeah, so what? I, I no issue with him here. So uh, then... Adding a running back you to the room makes him three at 220 pounds. Uh, okay, yeah, so you had me at four three. Yeah, he's with, with his frame too. It's not you know 190 uh, as a four three. Um, so yep, we uh, we did pretty darn well uh, with the A plus overall grade. Thank you for the randomness. Sorry guys that you don't think it's realistic, but some guys always fall that yeah, you don't know. So we'll lean into it. Um, so went, doubled up on defensive back, tripled up on defensive back, got a running back to help compete and uh. People will say, why did you take another tackle? Um, that's why, you know, yep. because he was 128, and I love this guy. If you – if you, uh, let me remove this one. Let me share video file and name Matt Walletsko. If you don't remember Matt Walletsko, if we haven't shown this one before or in a while, um, yeah. Matt Walletsko, we'd say he's a skinny 315. Because he's six seven, you look how light on his feet he is. I mean, he plays like an undersized power forward, which I love. Yeah. 
uh, out of guys like that. You know, look, I mean, he's he's so light on his feet with great length. You're going to get, we took him in the sixth round. Uh, yes, please. Like I said, I wouldn't have any problem with him going. That's Kingsley and, and Igbari that he's going against right there. No, that's Boye Mafe. I'm sorry. And that's Boye Mafe again. So he's still got plenty of strength. You know, Boye got underneath him and he was still able to hold him up. So uh, I, I like I like him a lot. Left tackle coming in here. That might be Tyreek Smith. And I'm not sure. I think that was D'Angelo Malone that came in and body checked him from the other side, whoever he whipped. So let's go solid pick. I uh, I am a fan. I am a fan. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is, man, this is, this is too, uh, get me too hyped. This is way too much fun. Uh, getting Jalen Petrie and Drake Jackson would be a dream scenario for me, uh, for the Broncos. And we got uh, Dennis Chandler saying, do you see Braxton Jones developing into a starting right tackle or just a rotational player? You're talking about a day three tackle for a reason. Um, it's going to be developmental for him. And if he becomes even a, let's say a slightly below average starting right tackle on his rookie contract, that surplus value uh, for a fourth round pick at an offensive tackle spot. So we've been talking about it. We've been hinting at it earlier. The Broncos are going to have to cut some margins and find some cheap areas to fill out the roster when they are going to be paying Russell Wilson, a $50 million a year contract and going cheap cost controlled at the right tackle might be an, uh, might be an option. Uh, Something to think about there. All right. And and you say day three for a reason. One of the reasons is because that helmet he's wearing. He's at Southern Utah. If he he played here at at the Senior Bowl and was really really good, and um, he comes into the combine at 6'5", 35 and a half inch arms, comes in at four point nine seven forty. So you know he's an athlete too. You drop him at one of the bigger schools, he's second round. Yeah, he's second round. So one of the things is they question the level of his competition a little bit. He's got feet, he's got length, he's got drive, he's got athleticism. All the things that make me pretty happy about an offensive tackle. Yeah, and I think his build is much better right now than Matt Willetsko, who uh, needs to change his body a lot. Uh, he needs to add mace, uh, base or mass to his yeah, base. So it, just... it sounds stupid when you say it. He's too light at 315. <laughs> but when you look at him, he I know, he's really thin. Slender. He looks like a power yeah. forward. Yeah. Absolutely. So he uh, we a got lean six, eight, three, 12 was what he measured at the senior bowl with lean. the longest arms at the 36 and an eighth inch arms. And he, and he, he's again, I, I think I looked him up. I'm pretty sure he was a basketball player. I would be shocked if he wasn't. And the kid, you know, running up and down the court probably hasn't been able to put on any weight yet. Any weight. He's 315 pounds. I know how stupid that sounds. Yeah. But Walesco is going to be a good player in this league. He's going to be a serviceable player in this league. You get him in the six, you're doing backflips. Yeah, absolutely. And doubling up there makes a lot of sense because you're doubling your chances. Broncos need to find a long-term right tackle solution. Guess what? Now you have, if Braxton Jones doesn't hit, you get Walesco. If Walesco doesn't yeah. hit, you have Braxton Jones. Let's go back to that conversation. Uh, if if I Would I trade 115 and 206 to get back up into the second for a, a starting right tackle? Yeah. Yeah. So if I have 115 and 206 and one of those guys turns into a starting right tackle, same difference, right? And you just increased your odds because mm-hmm. draft analysts in general, and we're, we're guilty of this too. It's just human nature. We are overconfident in our own analysis and opinions and not taking into enough account the randomness and variety and chance that is the NFL draft as well. So it's better to take two guys there and we are really 
give yourself a chance to hit on one of them, especially day three, then, you know, putting all your eggs in one basket. Why did you take another tackle? It's because we need a tackle that badly that uh, we really increased our odds of a value position hitting and a couple logs on fire. And guess what? Those two guys, because they're drafted in the same class, hopefully they're going to push each other. It's the same thing last year. The Broncos taken Caden Stearns and Jamar Johnson in the same round, not only in the same draft, in the same round. We needed a safety there. We probably want to walk away with one. Let's take two. Uh, so it makes a lot of sense. So Scott, we're at an hour and seven minutes. Talked about George Payton's comments today, hung out with the chat and did our final mock draft Monday until next Monday when we do 2023. God, I can't wait for that. Scott's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, just kidding. Uh, we're not doing 2023 guys. And Ethan coming in hashtag the closer. God bless you, Ethan. It is uh, great to see you. Thank you for sending us out with a bang. Uh, we appreciate Boom. you. Yeah. Boom. An Ethan bomb. Um, uh, boop, boop, boop. In the I already have a topic for tomorrow that we can talk about. Uh, ESPN yeah. Plus came out with a, a they they called it the CAVO, a career approximate value over expected, and they graded the value of the last ten years of draft picks for all thirty two teams. Uh, the flaw in it for me is same like the when you're giving ratings, you go to a restaurant or a hotel, and they use the expected type of grading system you know and there's five of them there and it's like worse than a little bit worse than as expected better than expected or much better than expected well when i go to a really good restaurant as expected is average that ends up being an average score so they get like a three out of five so so excuse me with their grading system first round picks basically got no points yeah because you expect them to be so they could only hurt you, which is a little bit silly to me because if I get a cost control quarterback or wide receiver or one of these premium positions for four years, then I'm getting great value. But it was still a fun exercise to do, and we're going to run through that tomorrow um, yeah. and find out where the Broncos were, some of the better players uh, at, that, that performed over value, who was undervalued, and then we'll talk about where they they missed some of these guys based on the reasons that I just talked about. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, man, good job on the mock draft. Thanks, guys, for joining us today. We're going to get on out of here. Uh, make sure you are following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall and MHH. And I'm guessing you guys are going to, you guys are going to have to go easy on us, but you're going to have to also get used to us. Scott's already coughing. We're going to be on air hosting uh, Thursday night. So that's going to be a heck of a time. Scott, we're going to have to, I'm curious to see your emotion if they take a wide receiver. I'm not pulling for it, but uh, what happens? The Falcons are the trade back. That's what's going to happen. I'm putting it out in the universe for a trade back from the Falcons at eight, just for everybody's benefit. Also, more picks to talk about in 2023, which would be fun. Um, you think I roll sure. my eyes at Pokemon? Pokemon? Wait until the Falcons draft a wide receiver at eight. Ooh. <laughs> they're stuck. Oh, yeah. man, Nick, they're stuck. <laughs> I can't get him back down. Oh, God, your grandma was right. Your face is going to stay that way. But make sure you guys are following us. I'm also at Nick Kendall, MHH. Uh, follow us at Mile High Huddle. And oh, Twitter at, uh, he has two Twitters at Mile High Huddle. What are you doing, Chad? Um, also follow us at Huddle Up Pod. Um, follow us at B, BFB underscore pod for Broncos for breakfast. And make sure you join us on Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And subscribe, like, and share on YouTube. Because uh, we're going to be going live again tomorrow. We're going to be going live Thursday, we're going to be going live all throughout the draft. So make sure you guys are hanging out so that we, we can uh, provide some insight and hang out. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's the draft week. We, we've been talking about this since December last year, preparing for this week, preparing for this Thursday. So you don't want to miss it. You want to hang out with us. I know Mel and all those other guys are great, but come, come hang out with the Mile High Huddle guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, he said it all. Again, we got our topic for tomorrow. Make sure you're – we'll see you tonight, a lot of y'all tonight, at uh, for the the the, uh, the Mile High Huddle Pod with Zach and Chad. 
And uh, that's all I got, man. It's going to be a fun week. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate you guys. Have a great one. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Happy draft week. Happy Monday. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.